Hello and welcome to another episode of Inspired Women Gathering Show. This is a show that talks about all things from life, relationships, spirituality, business, and everything in between. Women are so inspiring, living through their stories, finding resilience and resourcefulness, the tenacity and the powerful impact that we make in the world. I love connecting and having deep conversations, sharing with you the women I am inspired by and so blessed to know. My name is Dixie Bennett and I'm your host. I'm a soulful women and wealth coach and healer, helping heart-centered entrepreneurial women heal their self-worth embody their sole purpose and create sustainable business with heart. And I created this platform to highlight amazing women that I come across and connect with. And I really hope that you enjoy them as much as I do. So today I am so excited to introduce to you my beautiful guest, Shara Siever. And our topic today is leadership and sacred activism. Shara Siever is the founder and director of Igniting the Spark, where she has been consulting and coaching mission-driven organizational leaders on cultural alignment, strategy, engagement, and social learning technologies for over 20 years. In support of disruptive leadership models in an era of great change, she brings an eclectic buffet of rich communication models into her organizational consulting, which include art of hosting, uh, participatory leadership, NVC, uh, Appreciative Inquiry, Tea Groups, Indigenous and Divine Feminine Practices. She leverages trust, transparency, curiosity, integrity, and authenticity as leadership competencies as are essential for collaboration and for navigating community decision making and solutions. With the onset of COVID, <laughs> our experience there, uh, Shara introduced our six, her six elements for community resiliency online program and has just completed her master's degree in leadership online learning at California State University, launching her four pillars for leadership certificate program. So thank you so much, Shara, for joining us today. I'm so excited to dive into leadership because, you know, this is such a, a topic also near and dear to my heart. So I'm very excited to dive into this topic today. It's such an honor to be here, Dixie, and it's wonderful to see you. Thank you. So where in the world, just introduce a little bit. So we covered, there's a lot actually in that bio. Um, yes. So, and I'd just love for you just to give, you know, just to introduce yourself a little bit more and just share, you know, where you are in the world. Well, physically, I'm actually in Sedona, Arizona. After three decades in the uh, San Francisco area, I'm just taking a little break here. This seems, this seems to be uh, a very good place to continue to uh, create my programs and content and with less distractions. Oh. Um, so that's where I'm at physically. Um, where I'm at in the world uh, regarding my purpose is I'm, I'm living it, um, I feel like I'm living it 24-7. Mm -hmm. And the message that I'm bringing forward to um, conscious business owners and organizational leaders uh, that, that are really focused on uh, mission, the, the mission of their organization, but also the ethics of their mm -hmm. organization. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Yeah. So I'd love to hear, so leadership is also very, it's very important to you. It's part of your mission and what you're doing and you've just completed your master's and so, and the certificate. So tell me a little bit more about why leadership for you is so important and why you've become the spokesperson or the messenger um, for conscious business, not just business in general, but also bring, weaving in that consciousness of leadership. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. 
Um, I'm going to answer this question a number of different ways, and I'm going to just start metaphysically. And if, if just looking at the many different profiles of who I am from numerologically, astrologically, uh, through the gene keys, and just, just about every system that's out there, um, I've, I'm constantly reminded, reminded that that is my role in the world in this lifetime. And so I've had to really examine what does that really mean mm -hmm. uh, to have leadership as a purpose. And what I've, what, I've what I've come to conclude is that, and I think we all know this, but you know, it's a day-to-day -day, uh, inquiry of number one, starting with our personal leadership and our personal mastery and um, how much integrity are we with ourself, our word, our actions, our intentions? And just that, just that, that daily deliberate practice of inquiry and examination is, is really, it's the first pillar. It's a huge platform for any kind of leadership development why I, if this is important to me, I've, I've, uh, I've been an entrepreneur uh, since my teens. And I, I started my own business actually in sales um, out, of, out of necessity. Mm -hmm. So it, it wasn't really, uh, it was rather than accidental entrepreneurism, which we hear a lot about, mm -hmm. mine was essential. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's actually where I learned very early on as a, you know, as a teen and then in, into my 20s, um, how important uh, belief in oneself, focused determination, and resiliency is to, um, to leadership, to leadership uh, capabilities and capacities. So um, I've, I've started a number of different businesses. I've been in, obviously, leadership roles with my businesses. Um, in several different industries. And I'll be the first to say that I've stumbled, I've made mistakes, I've, it was, I've been messy, and uh, I would not trade any of those experiences or any of that discomfort that, uh, you know, that, I've, that I've experienced and oftentimes helped create in, mm -hmm. in the last couple decades. It really is part of the process of of developing into, you know, a sovereign leader, the yeah. messiness, uh, the messiness definitely the messiness is part is of it. Absolutely key. You yeah. know, we hear about and just we hear about failing forward, right? And that's that. exactly mm -hmm. what it is. Mm -hmm. Well, I'd love for you to tell. Just, I love how you said essential entrepreneurship, yeah. and how some people really do fall in fall into entrepreneurship. And some people, you know, why not just go and get a job, you know, and just go and take on more jobs, but you chose entrepreneurship. So I would love for you just to share a little bit more because that's a juicy detail um, and a topic I haven't really heard before. What is that? What did that mean for you? And what was the decision that you made and that you needed to become an yeah. entrepreneur? Or you, well, I guess looking back, you probably didn't know you were an entrepreneur maybe at the time, or maybe you did. Yeah, well, it's, I'm going to, this is again, complete transparency, and hopefully this is going to help others, um, particularly anybody who's uh, young, in the early stages of their career and determining their career path, life path, mission purpose. So um, 
I did have my, my businesses in, in high school actually led me, I, I was able to travel to Europe with a youth symphonic orchestra as a result of that uh, nice. persistence. But I did try to work for others um, after I completed my undergraduate studies mm -hmm. and complete transparency. Um, I was released from, you know, a series of those positions simply for being who I am mm. and, um, you know, for, for uh, drawing outside of the lines, if you, if mm -hmm. you will. Mm -hmm. And um, that's, that's really what, what occurred. And I kept having this, this, this calling, this, I could feel it inside. It was, mm -hmm. um, it was just a, it was like a creative emerging of why don't you do this? Or why don't you try this? Or what about this? And e even when I've been in positions that did allow more fluidity and, uh, fluidity and freedom, I, I was always in a position of uh, up-leveling, more creativity, finding uh, better systems and ways to do it. And this is what we do as, as entrepreneurs and as, as leaders, right? We're always uh, using the vision to find the solution. That's how I see it. Mm -hmm. um, so it's just, it's just who I am. Mm -hmm. No, I love that. And so, and so as the essential entrepreneur is that you just, just you felt the calling to go that direction. Yeah, alignment with purpose, alignment with what is, you, you can feel it inside. Yeah. Um, and it's so important, I want to encourage it, regardless of what's happening in the world, regardless of the economy, there's there's actually a ton of opportunities right now um, mm -hmm. for, for someone, for anyone that, mm -hmm. again, sees solutions, is yeah. able to, you know, we hear this all the time now, is able to pivot. So essential entrepreneurism, is, is really answering to the call within. Mm -hmm. And um, it's just, it's, it's an alignment with your, with your, with your being. Mm -hmm. And I think that is the most important piece because to me that that's, it's soul alignment, it's conscious alignment and it's purposeful alignment. And we can really bring that together and listen to the next step or the next direction is so powerful. And so from a leadership perspective, you know, because it's so easy to get caught up as an entrepreneur, especially in the day-to-day -day stuff. How, do you have any advice or anything that you could share about, you know, because, and that, it's a thing that we talk about, but how do we manage that? And how do we allow ourselves to evolve into stronger, more robust leaders? Wow. Yeah. Okay. So, but yeah, first of all, I want to just again say, um, highlight what you just said is that alignment with our purpose. I mean, mm -hmm. um, and I think it's really important for new business owners, solopreneurs, uh, and those of us that are in uh, mid-stage of our business, meaning we've got, we've got employees now that we're also mm -hmm. re responsible for, um, I'm going to say their fulfillment and their mm -hmm. personal development. I think as a leader, when we, and having a company, uh, and employees that it is our role to provide as many opportunities for them to grow mm -hmm. uh, within within our business and within their roles. How do we, the question is, how do we manage the day-to-day, -day, right? Mm -hmm. um, 
uh, having a council of advisors is is very very good. However you however you want to structure that, uh, mm -hmm. having a business coach definitely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I mean. Uh, having well, having a business coach, building your team, what are some other things that are really important to put in place, especially, you know, smart, starting out smaller, smaller people, you know, going or smaller business and going into medium level business. There's not a lot of resource either. So what are some other things that they could do to leverage their leadership? To leverage the leadership and when you're just starting out, well, again, it's always going back to your, your purpose and your mission. So even in your day-to-day, -day, like making decisions, um, is this in alignment mm -hmm. uh, with, with the purpose and, and the mission and the vision? Is it in alignment? Is having a meeting or uh, with this person actually going to serve what I'm about and what my business is about? Um, you know, uh, leadership too is um, understanding the resources uh, being able to to evaluate the resources you need so that you can continue to stay um, on top of your game, that you don't get uh, buried. Yeah, in, in, in by the doing. It's so easy. Yeah, to do. in the day to day. Yeah. But also, as I said before, in my four pillars of leadership program, the first pillar is really about that mastery piece and the, um, the deliberate practice. And we hear about this all the time, how you start your day. Mm -hmm. um, I'm, I'm a huge advocate of having some kind of connection with source. Mm -hmm. So um, meditation, what, whatever your connection is, meditation, exercise, nature, journaling. Um, the, greatest, the greatest leaders of some of the largest companies have these deliberate practices and they talk about it. Another thing is don't start your um, just don't start your day with email, mm -hmm. and really limit the amount of time that you're spending on social media and email. Um, I know many leaders uh, that only check their email at the end of the day. So that's a powerful tip. I love that. Yeah. And and I get behind on my email. It's never. I I probably check my I check my email daily, but it, it's maybe every two days to be honest. <clears throat> um, as that's you and I have kind of experienced as well, uh, I just I just am not tied to email personally, and I and I scan and I look for really important things. But it's that you know I do try to check in. Uh, usually, the end of the day is when I'm doing my emails as well. So it's a really great tip because people are married to that, and we're married to our phones. So what are a couple of, of practices that you do? Like, what do you do to um, emulate that mastery of success? For well, I've had a daily practice uh, for well over 30 years. Um, and I'm also just committed to ongoing personal development. Uh, I've, I've uh, drawn upon many, many systems to, to, to develop what I like, personal mastery. But it's, when we're talking about personal mastery, we're also looking, we're talking about uh, mindfulness and a high level of uh, emotional intelligence. So that's, you know, it is one of the key competencies for um, any kind of uh, business business uh, leader and entrepreneur. So my daily practice, absolutely, which is, um, you know, it's a very uh, structured uh, meditation practice and I do at least an hour a day. Um, I'm part of a number of groups as well, where we hold each other accountable. Uh, 
I also lead one of these groups. I do lead a morning mastermind accountability group for mm. um, primarily women, but not all uh, business owners and, and uh, business leaders. Mm-hmm. Exercise, uh, communion with nature. I mean, all of these are, are important. And the other thing I like to do, um, and I'm working, this is kind of moving into my second pillar, uh, which is all about the social intelligence and the, the relationships and interpersonal relationships. I like to always look at, is there anybody in my field, in my first, second, or third um, sphere of influence that I feel um, there's unfinished business or that there's, uh, we're out of alignment. Mm. And I invite that person to have a conversation about it. Beautiful. I think, uh, again, keeping, I'm going to, keeping the energy field clean and clear within ourselves and with others. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes it's, it's, it's also perfectly fine to have a completion. But again, it's, it's back to that, that integrity piece too. Mm-hmm. Um, so can you, I so the sphere of influence, because a lot of people talk about sphere of influence. Can you share a little bit about how you might identify? Because there's the first sphere, second, third, and how you maybe yeah, sure. That's a really identify people. And this is something too, sorry, this is just a kind of in, okay. moves into that, is, um, you know, especially as we're solopreneurs building our business, I, being able to identify, you know, who are colleagues, friends, maybe business um, associates or uh, joint venture partners. Like, do you put those into your sphere of influence and, and how do you like yeah, Sure, I love that. I think uh, the first sphere of influence, again, is your most important. And this can also be what I would call my council of advisors. But mm-hmm. these are those uh, individuals, friends, colleagues, possibly family members, but those that you can be really vulnerable with. Mm-hmm. And, and again, I look at vulnerability as a leadership competency. So, but that first sphere of influence are, are those where, again, you're, you're completely comfortable uh, showing all sides, all sides of you, um, and knowing that you're safe mm-hmm. in doing that. And knowing that each of those individuals in that first sphere of influence uh, has your back, so to speak. Um, they're your cheerleaders. They, they also want the best for you. Mm-hmm. So that's what I call my first sphere. Um, mm-hmm. Second sphere are those that were, were probably in uh, business with our clients, uh, colleagues, and those that we're collaborating with, we're offering our services to, uh, we're expanding uh, our offerings, um, seeking advice, but again, beyond the, 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 uh, that interpersonal uh, arena that I spoke of. Mm-hmm. Um, and here's a, what's a, a really important piece, I think, or an important question to have as part of our conversations in our second sphere is um, how can I help you? How can I be of service to you? So there's a there's a that that there's a strength of, of repre- repre- 
reciprocity, repro I'm sorry, reciprocity. Reciprocity, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in, that, in that sphere. Mm -hmm. Third sphere is um, the expansion sphere. Who can, I, who can I reach out to? Who can I expand with? Where are there more possibilities? I would put joint ventures into, mm -hmm. um, into that domain. Mm -hmm. Interesting. And what question would you ask in the third sphere? Um, find out where they're at. That's an interesting question. Find out where they're at in their business. Have they considered joint ventures or affiliates? Where would they like to see their business in the next year to two to three? Mm -hmm. And um, that, that sort of thing. Cool. Thank you. And so how does this all relate into your second pillar? The second pillar is the pillar of social intelligence and interpersonal relationships. Um, it's also related to uh, quite a bit to organizational leaders, leaders that were, it's more than just us <laughs> that's mm -hmm. uh, running our business. We have teams. Um, it's also supporting the culture of what we've established as our business. Culture is, comes from, again, what we stand for. Um, in my, in the second pillar of leadership, we are not conflict uh, avoidant. Mm. And we're not also, we're, we don't start our days asking ourselves, what's the next conflict I can create? Mm. But we have the skills to um, use conflict as a creative and transformative tool. Interesting. Uh, the diversity and inclusion piece that now is becoming uh, well, it's always been important, but it's mm -hmm. it's it's been up leveled now with the, the BLM movement, and again an unveiling of mm -hmm. just just the, the atrocities mm -hmm. that uh, occur just in uh, in in humanity. So, um, uncovering our unconscious biases and doing it in a in a transparent, safe way. This is mm -hmm. uh, part of the second pillar. Yeah. Uh, taking a look at our inferences, mm -hmm. using some of these tools like appreciative inquiry, is it um, asking kinds of questions that move beyond uh, making assumptions? Making assumptions, of course, mm -hmm. is a huge barrier to to relationships and connection. Mm -hmm. So that second pillar is a deep dive. That is huge. Um, well, and you just touched on a couple of really important keys. Yeah. And so what are some, what's some advice or direction or maybe even just beginning the conversation? Because a lot of people are uncomfortable with conflict. I like what you said about appreciative inquiry. Can you maybe give an example of what appreciative inquiry might sound like or look like? Um, the kinds of questions we might ask. Um, first, we could do it with ourselves. You know, it's like, I wonder what has motivated or what has caused this person to act in this particular mm -hmm. way, or I'm wondering what um, what's going on for this this individual. Um, approaching and so I'm trying to get a context here. Do we want to do like small business, large organization, or yeah, sure, uh, even small business? Because I, I yeah. think in smaller businesses, you know, conflict res conflict. Is uncomfortable for everybody yes, and is. and something that I'm seeing um, I just had this conversation this morning actually uh, about how even in society right now just with this whole the whole COVID experience um, people are quick to point fingers instead of and and I'm noticing more bullying kind of happening 
um, and people are pointing fingers at people and making people uncomfortable and video recording. And, you know, so there's this huge level of conflict and, and I'm really seeing um, misunderstandings and people are escalating the experience versus if we could teach more people to be accountable and to kind of step back and use this technique of appreciative inquiry, how much could that re resolve tension? And right. Right? these are big questions. You know, I actually launched a series uh, back in July, uh, bridging the human divide, and it's mm. I and I'll get back to appreciative inquiry in a moment. But yeah. I what the result of that series uh, has is not at all what I expected, mm. and it's really coming back to you know again our the individual uh, personal divide and you know, healing that, working with that, recognizing that at f uh, first so that we can enter these, these what could be an uncomfortable situation or mm -hmm. uh, uncomfortable situations, uh, full and sovereign and whole and confident mm -hmm. and also feeling safe in our uh, breaching beyond our comfort zone, mm -hmm. asking these kinds of questions. I've noticed a lot in small businesses and in, in the small business networking, arena as well where mm -hmm. you know it's always put on a happy face and smile mm -hmm. smile smile and fake it till you make it and i believe you know i think all of those uh techniques have 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 value but i i think from a leadership perspective uh the ones that have more courage to you know recognize that hey there's something off here mm -hmm. and be able to approach it um, with the right kinds of questions, the depth of relationship that can result from that. Again, when we crack through that, that surface, what's under there is mm. so, so, so rich. Absolutely. So, you know, again, also just recognizing our, the, the commonalities we have in our humanity. Mm -hmm. So when we go into an appreciative inquiry, we, we really want to find out what's going on with the person, what motivated their action or decision. Um, and sharing how it landed for us as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is that, does that make sense? Yeah. And so what would be some examples? So going back to the questions or the, the example to help people kind of start in that, in that beginner place, even just recognizing the, the human divide um, and starting with some in personal inquiry questions. Well, I want to check for personal inquiry. I want to check in with myself, right? First of all, it's like, um, what is, what is, is there, is there a bias, an unconscious bias that, uh, that I'm projecting here, first of all? Um, so that would be, that would be the, the, the personal the question. Yeah. With that? Yeah. It's just what's going on with, with me. So checking in with my filters, mm -hmm. number one. Mm -hmm. Um, I just want to take a side note. I've noticed in coaching um, small business owners, when they start to get a small team together or their first uh, VA or uh, mm -hmm. personal assistant, um, I just want to, you got to really, you want to set these individuals up for success. And I've uh, many times with clients have had to guide them in that way to set them up for success rather than complain about what they did, did or didn't do. Mm -hmm. So again, setting, going back to the personal inquiry. Mm -hmm. Do I have biases, expe expectations, projections? Mm -hmm. 
how am I uh, contributing to this person's success, fulfillment, happiness? You know, as a leader, that is my it is my responsibility mm -hmm. to to be a, a force of inspiration, to be an energy that others would want to emanate. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that's that's so so important. So ch checking in with myself at first, at first. And then I'm, what I think what I'm hearing you say, Dixie, is how do you then approach another person on your team or yeah, within mm. your, is that correct? Sure, yeah. Yeah, so just checking in. Um, first of all, is this a good time? Mm -hmm. You know, I wanted to check in with you on a couple of things. Is this a good time? Mm -hmm. um, like to find out what's going on with them. Um, also, and one of the ways that uh, works across the board, doesn't re regardless if you're a CEO of, of a company with 10,000 plus employees this can this can be something you put in place for your entire culture or if you're uh, a business owner with five uh, part-time employees on your team mm -hmm. these uh, when we do our weekly meetings or however often we have our meetings at least weekly but we do a check-in we start with um, how how are you feeling today and we don't go on and on, but it could even just be one word. How are, how are you coming to this meeting today? That's a great question. Describe it. It's that a, it's, is so good. Yeah. How, how are you coming to this meeting today? Oh my gosh, that's such a beautiful. So you might find out my mother just uh, uh, went into intensive care last night. Right. Well, that's really good to know about the person that you're working on a, a project with, that that's what they're going through. Mm -hmm. So just... You know, something like that. Uh, the other thing is that this, I've done this more in, um, uh, I want to say nonprofit, but just, just uh, very creative, uh, innovative types of cultures mm -hmm. uh, and teams where, uh, and this is the transparency piece and it takes a lot of courage. Is there anybody in this room or at this meeting that you have, something incomplete with, or that you have a withhold with. Mm -hmm. um, that takes some pretty, uh, it takes some very skilled facilitation and it's not something you would start with a new team. But if you're, you know, if you're working together for a while, um, I'm a big fan of that personally. That's a great question. Uh, yeah. yeah, so these are, this is all part of that pillar too. And again, this can be used in, um, you know, many different kinds of um, social slash organizational mm -hmm. settings. Mm -hmm. Well, and I agree with what you said a little bit earlier too around, you know, when we are hiring out and we're starting to build our team, how important it is as a leader. Because oftentimes we leave it to the other person to show up or we leave it to the other person to kind of, you know, well, I told you to do this, so figure it out. Um, instead of really having that deeper conversation of, you know, here's, the layout of what our contract would look like and having and building that accountability instead of just dropping someone and walking away and hurt feelings and you know they're not they're not there but it's really communicating effectively and so what are some tips or some ways that you can help because that is a real thing you know right. as be, uh, becoming a leader outside of your solopreneurship and a lot of it could be contracts some of it could be employed um, what might be some some things that they need to have in place to help them be a little bit more successful? Yeah, I love this. Thank you so much for asking me this question. And again, this can we this can come from 
to very, very large corporation to your small business. So, mm -hmm. um, and it kind of moves into uh, pillar three. Uh, pillar three, we're, we're uh, defining the culture, mm -hmm. uh, we're aligning the culture, we're defining decision making and how mm -hmm. we make decisions. Mm -hmm. uh, we're defining um, actually our leadership styles as well. Mm -hmm. as well. Um, are we encouraging uh, autonomy? Are we working in the holacracy model? Where in, in that model, it's if you if you're a leader and you see a solution, um, propose it. And uh, so again, we're moving way outside of the line. So all of that is, it, there's not anything that's right or wrong. It mm -hmm. just needs to be defined. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, again, how do you define your culture? Well, you go back mm -hmm. to pillar one and what you stand for. And it, it always goes back to pillar one. Mm -hmm. So some of the things I'd like to offer for um, anybody that's uh, leading a, a small or large team, and you mentioned it too, Dixie, is about the contracts but early on week one sit down with your the individuals and the team and really set some some uh, short and long-term goals mm -hmm. um take a look at what the business goals are obviously mm -hmm. yeah. uh three six nine months but also take a look at what the individual goals are their personal mm -hmm. development goals and how they can those goals obviously are in alignment with what we're doing in our business or project, but how, uh, what responsibilities they can take for achieving this goal, but how can I as the leader also encourage and support the, this individual in reaching her goals? What resources can I offer? What kind of coaching can I offer? And definitely, um, you know, doing the week, weekly check-ins I, I think are essential. Um, three questions that are, you know, even when you're on the go and now everything's online, it's okay. We can still check, do simple check-ins. Um, mm -hmm. How are you doing? How's the project going? Or how's the team doing? And how can I help? Right. You, you get so much information for those three questions. Brilliant. Thank you for sharing those. Well, and that's, and that's just it. I think the bottom line is always ask more questions. Yeah. Always. Yeah, lead with questions, not lead with, with uh, questions. Exactly, yeah, lead with questions, and that's that's also the appreciative inquiry model. And many of our our communication models that invite connection, invite openness, create safety. Um, yeah, beautiful. And so, moving into pillar three. So, how does that? Yeah, that's the culture. That's how we define culture. And in smaller businesses, you know, it's 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 not um, as complex. Mm -hmm. But you, you, you still want to uh, have your values, your company values, your business values well-defined, mm -hmm. um, both for your, which you stand for, yeah. uh, both for yourself, but also for uh, your customers. Mm -hmm. So they can also feel in alignment that, wow, this is what this business represents. It's, when we get into pillar three, it's not about us. Yeah, again, it's it's more about, uh, as I said, the culture. It's about the the collective field. Mm -hmm. um, I so how are we making decisions? How are we building leaders? Um, I think that's I think that's a, a, a really how is decision making? That's mm -hmm. that's huge because mm -hmm. how many decisions do we make in any given day? What are the decisions based on? 
um, again, defining the leadership. What is, what well, is how would, how would one kind of define their leadership when they're kind of first starting out into their business or, you know, they've been in business for a while, they're starting to build a team, they're kind of, you know, um, because there is lots of different leadership styles and how would they identify? Uh, it's some people are go top down. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to make a, an evaluation on any of it. It really depends on the industry and, you know, if we're, if it, if it's, if it's products and it's online, I mean, who's making the decisions. So sometimes it's top down. Mm -hmm. um, so that's more of a, you know, a pyramid mm -hmm. and uh, nothing can move forward without this individual making, you know, having the final say. Um, there's also collaborative leadership. Uh, so, you know, in a larger company, we call that the dotted line, but collaborative meaning um, we consult with others uh, on the team and see what their solution would be and oftentimes make, create the decision or make a decision based on uh, the input of two or three others. Mm -hmm. um, there's servant leadership, which I'm going to, that kind of is pillar four, but servant leadership also has to do with your culture and are you, is the purpose of your business to serve? Mm -hmm. Um, many, I think, uh, many coaches of course are, are here to serve and many healers and, you know, some of our smaller business owners, mm -hmm. owners, how are your products serving? Right. Um, that's another that's that's another thing to consider mm -hmm. um and then the the uh, i mentioned holacracy and that's when we get into um it's a model that i just love and it's when we get into you know allowing leaders to just emerge don't if don't press down or don't don't suppress someone's natural leadership abilities or i mean you know they call it high, they're called high performers in larger companies, mm -hmm. but just don't suppress one's energy and talent. If they are emerging um, mm -hmm. as a leader, allow them to present solutions, present ways, present change, mm -hmm. uh, and not based on what their role is within your organization. If it mm -hmm. just, again, allow people to, um, you know, navigate themselves outside of the box. I like that. Yeah. yeah. And so from a perspective, from someone who's trying to manage or lead that person, what would be some advice for them to, in order to recognize that and allow them to do that? Well, some, if we're having that one-to-one -one meeting, even, again, even if it's a small team part-time, if we're having that one-to-one -one meeting, um, we can kind of detect in those conversations, the, the, the level of intrinsic motivation, just what, what drives this person. Mm -hmm. And um, if you're hearing that, you know, this is somebody that wants to, it's disruptive. It's, it's another word for it is disruptive leadership. If mm -hmm. this person is someone who is capable and um, already seeing like new models, new solutions, to, mm -hmm. you know, using technology or, you know, other kinds of models, um, keep encouraging them to do that. Um, maybe they can also you know, start a little committee within the company to go ahead and do more research um, mm -hmm. around that. But that, again, that one-to-one -one meeting, um, complete disclosure. I just had a conversation with a new business owner um, 
just a couple days ago this week. CEO, fabulous business. Um, I completely support what they're doing, what they're offering. It's, it's all around thought leadership. Uh, but the team was not, there, there was a huge gap between his, his vision and next steps and how it had not been communicated to the team. They were recruiting for positions. They didn't have anything even like yet written out about what their responsibilities were. Small team, we're talking three, four people. So again, it's really, really important to take those. It's like, even if you're looking for uh, a social, you know, your social media expert or your, your uh, copywriters, um, have those that position description mm-hmm. have it written out mm-hmm. um, have the expectations have the responsibilities show how it aligns with the your your um your mission your business mission mm-hmm. how it aligns too with your your values mm-hmm. so that's how i do it one to you know one to one at the very beginning so um you know it's like it's just it's like setting up our agreements yes absolutely very powerful and so uh, pillar number four. So how does that lead into pillar four? Oh, thank you. Pillar four is where I'm, I'm playing a lot these days. Uh, and it really is my, uh, it's, it's, it's a passion I'm on of mine. Pillar four is your legacy. Mm. Um, what is legacy? Uh, what is it that you're doing to create um, to a, a betterment, a betterment for your community? And what I, how I refer to community is the immediate environment. So where your business is physically located. If you're an online business, then we've got, we can look at community in two different ways. You're still physically located somewhere, even Mm -hmm. if you have an online business, right? Mm -hmm. There is a community. And then there's the community you serve. So the legacy for me in this time has really... Uh, I'm going to say morphed or metamorphosized into uh, sacred activism Mm -hmm. and sacred activism is really back to pillar one. You hear the calling, you know, you Mm -hmm. heard the calling for leadership. You heard the calling for your business, but you're also hearing a calling of uh, from you're hearing the imbalances Mm. that exist imbalances in your our environment Mm -hmm. imbalances in the soil imbalances in the air imbalances uh uh in social justice Mm -hmm. uh imbalances in gender and just Mm -hmm. the imbalances and you choose one Mm -hmm. to commit to that your business is supporting to balance to create more balance um so I get chills when, when I speak about that. I created the Community Resiliency Project. And that was, um, it's been something stirring in me for a very long time. But the model came together after uh, the fourth season of fires in Northern California, uh, 2019. Okay. And how did, and what was, so what came out of that? For you. Yeah, so, so that um, here's an example of so it's legacy. So mm-hmm. the community resiliency project is uh, it's an online model that anybody can take into their communities of the elements that create a resilient community. What is a resilient community? A community a community that can function and thrive 
on its own. Mm -hmm. So how does that happen? Number one, we have an emergency response team. Mm -hmm. um, and that's usually professionals uh, within the community involves, you know, involves the fire department uh, as well. Uh, we are advocates of environmental sustainability. So there's, you know, many, many ways to make that happen mm -hmm. way beyond recycling, but that's a given. Mm -hmm. um, part of the environmental sustainability is also the community gardens and you can have community mm -hmm. gardens anywhere. Mm -hmm. um, the education component in that is also fabulous because we can also develop youth leadership around that. Um, community resiliency are happy, healthy elders as well. Mm -hmm. And I mean, when I say healthy, I mean socially, social wellness. Mm -hmm. So our elders aren't isolated. Mm -hmm. um, and there's a, I have a youth, a youth uh, elder uh, pairing model. Mm -hmm. that, um, wow, and we need more of that. Like that's something that's really near and dear to my heart is especially seniors because um, it's a forgotten i love i love all ages of people and mm -hmm. i really love the seniors um because they're they're forgotten and yep. especially in north america we live in a society where the seniors are kind of put over here because we're too exactly. busy managing our life and so there's a huge gap between between us and them you know and yet they they're so desperate for resources I'm so happy that you paused us there with that about the elders and it, you know, we're absolutely, absolutely right. Our culture, and, and this is, you know, we've known this for a very long time. Mm -hmm. We put elders away. Mm -hmm. um, it's been reflected until recently also in, in our business cultures and corporate cultures, you get beyond yes. a certain age and yeah. you're looked upon as not valuable in any way. Um, and it's twofold too. Like I have been in organizations where they have had specific, situations where they did pay you know for an elder you know someone who's retired and they've had but not very many organizations do that nor do they actually leverage the person that's there and i've been so lucky i was lucky in my corporate career where i literally went and knocked on their door and said you know i went and visited them every day um but they were so happy to see me because nobody else was leveraging their wisdom and that's a huge mistake is you know, we yeah. don't have to keep reinventing the wheel. It's about leveraging that team environment because every generation has so much to offer. And that's, you know, that goes to the how I've been influenced as well by, as we're talking about the community resiliency model, mm -hmm. but how I've also been in, in, uh, influenced by, you know, ancient leadership, indigenous leadership mm -hmm. practices. You know, our elders are valuable. Um, and you're right, there are companies now that are drawing upon the wisdom. Mm -hmm. um, Chip Conley, I don't know if you know Chip Conley, he's kind of started a movement uh, for elders. And he's, he was the founder of the Joie de Vier Hotels and also helped uh, create uh, Airbnb. Somewhat of a mentor of mine, someone mm -hmm. that, uh, whose yeah, leadership I've really name. respected yeah. cool. over the years. Uh, I learned a lot. I resonated with what he was doing, you know, 20, 30 years ago and continue to follow him. But I just want to get back to that elder piece and how important it is. Uh, also that matching with youth. Mm -hmm. So they learn to number one, respect elders. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, there's again, this reciprocity of social wellness where our elders are valuable. They're mm -hmm. not isolated. Um, uh, encouraging local commerce, local business is also a huge mm -hmm. part of the uh, community resiliency, 
model uh, encouraging entrepreneurism uh, and young entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I think, yeah, that's, that's been the legacy. So mm-hmm. tying that, tying fourth pillar, tying legacy, sacred activism, what contribution are you making to your community? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, where are you physically located? Because mm-hmm. um, that includes the land that we're on. And even having gratitude for the land that you mm-hmm. you're walking on every day. But what what uh, what contribution is your company, regardless you know, regardless of size, is making to your community? Mm-hmm. So, I encourage business owners, new, small, any size, to um, include that as part of the um, the mission mm-hmm. and the vision and the culture. So every decision that is made is also based on that, uh, that, that legacy. Mm -hmm. Sacred activism is a reflection of your connection to source. Again, Mm -hmm. it's a reflection of pillar one. So how is that being uh, expanded out again into, into the, um, the cauldron of community? Yes, I love that. Oh, wow, we've touched on so many delicious pieces. I love yeah. it. So we're just coming to the end. So how would you like to wrap up or do you have any last last words of advice for any of our listeners? Well, I, you know, people can get in touch with me through my website if they want to learn more, uh, CherylSiever.com, uh, Igniting the Spark. I'm very easy to find online. Um, happy to have conversations about this. Um, you can also find me on YouTube in the Bridging the Human Divide uh, series. But I just, just remembering, um, start with yourself, start with a vision, hear the call, um, but also remember to not, to, it's n- none of it's all about you. I think I've seen a lot of newer entrepreneurs, business owners, leaders, they kind of get stuck in that it's all about them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, the greatest competency, the highest level of leadership, according to indigenous teachings, is that of humility. Right. So um, we're not out there looking for uh, uh, kudos, recognition. Um, it's about being of service. Yeah. Uh, great. I mean, it's great to get the recognition. We all need that. Of course. As of course. But it really does come from that place of service. And I think you know, that, um, I love what you said before about, and I'm really taking that piece in, I never thought about it that way, the balance, how, what can we do to balance out to the industry or the idea or what, how can we contribute to bring more balance into those areas? So that's a great question that I'm personally taking away from this. So thank you for that. And I'll definitely be sharing that, that question out with my community as well. And so thank you so much, Shara, for your time and your gift in the world and your passion that you're sharing out. This has been really delightful. So thank you so much to everyone for watching. I hope you enjoyed and and listening. Um, If you'd like to leave some comments, please leave them below. As Shara mentioned, you can follow her at CherylSiever.com and uh, and look forward to to your seeing you soon. Thank you so, so much. And thank you for all your beautiful contributions. 
Well, thank uh, to you. the world and the values that uh, you uphold on a daily basis. I really appreciate you. Thank you. I appreciate you seeing me. Thank you so much. All right, Shara, we'll take care and we'll talk to you soon. Okay. Bye-bye.